the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Who made If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, merciful Father, in holy baptism you declared us to be your children and gathered us into your one holy church in which you daily and richly forgive us our sins and grant us new life through your Spirit. Be in our midst, enliven our faith, and graciously receive our prayer and praise. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our hearts and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, 
sick and dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Now on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying to him, where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover when evening had come, he sat down with the twelve. Now as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it I? He answered and said, he who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, gave it to them saying, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, that this night, before the rooster crows, 
you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this night from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Didache Catechesis is on the sacrament of the altar. You know when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. It was on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. It was Thursday night of Holy Week. On Friday, he would be nailed to the cross. The Passion reading for tonight makes it clear that the Passover was at hand. Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And Jesus told them explicitly. And all things unfolded according to the scriptures, according to the predetermined will of God. Nothing was left for chance. All things unfolded as God had said. My time is at hand, Jesus said in the Passion. He refers to his suffering, to his death. The Passover is at hand, that Old Testament feast that delivered the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt by the blood of the Passover lamb. It's not a coincidence that they were eating the Passover on that night when Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he took the cup of blessing from the Passover and then said, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. It wasn't an accident that it was in conjunction with the Passover. For that Passover outlined in Exodus 12 that we celebrate every Maundy Thursday in the Old Testament reading was designated to be an everlasting ordinance. How can that be? Some of you have never eaten lamb. It is an everlasting ordinance because it is fulfilled in the death of Christ and in the Lord's Supper, which continues on as the feast of salvation, the holy communion with our Lord and with one another for all eternity, an everlasting ordinance that will never end. The bondage in Egypt to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians betokened a greater bondage to sin, to death, to a Pharaoh that was far worse, Satan himself. And the blood that delivered from that bondage is not the blood of lambs, but the blood of the lamb. And that's what we celebrate in the passion of our Lord. That's what we focus upon in the catechesis for the sacrament of the altar. And we see the need for deliverance from the bondage, don't we? In Judas Iscariot, who was once in fellowship with Jesus, but then betrayed him, rejecting his love. And we see it in the disciples who thought they had such spiritual strength. Even if all are made to deny you, I will never deny you, said Peter. And so said all of them, but they could not. By their own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, their Lord, or come to him. They were in bondage to sin the same as we all are, unable to free ourselves from the shackles of devil, world, and our own insidious sinful flesh. As we've been learning in our Didache class throughout the year, the Ten Commandments preach repentance. They show us our sin and how much we need a Savior. And the Creed preaches the faith that saves us from our sin and all that God in love has done for us that centers in the death of his son for our salvation. The true Passover lamb lifted up upon the altar of the cross. 
and whose gifts of salvation are distributed to us in our baptism and in the sacrament of the altar. And this is before us tonight. From the catechism, the sacrament of the altar, its essence. And next week we shall focus very extensively upon its benefits. But tonight, the essence, what is it? And we use as the backdrop the passion of our Lord from Matthew 26. So I invite you to respond to the questions from the catechism. You know them by heart or they're on the handout sheet before you. What is the sacrament of the altar? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ under the bread and wine instituted by Christ himself for us Christians to eat and to drink. Notice the ordering of that simple yet powerful answer. What is the Lord's Supper? It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know that from Jesus' words. Where is it found? Under the bread and wine. There is a sacramental union where the very body of Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, that suffered under Pontius Pilate, is united with the earthly element of bread. And the very blood of Jesus that was poured forth for the redemption of the world upon the cross is then sacramentally united to the wine. So that we say, this is my body, this is my blood, it is Jesus' true body, it is his true blood offered up upon the altar of the cross and shed for the remission of sins, the atonement of the world's sin, the source of forgiveness, life, and salvation. This is what the sacrament is. It is the true body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where is it found? Under the bread and wine. Who gave it to us? It was instituted by Christ on the night of his betrayal. And what are we to do with it? For us Christians to eat and to drink, all of this rests upon the words of Jesus. For he said, take, eat. Drink of it, all of you. This is my body. This is my blood. So we know what the sacrament is by Jesus' words. In fact, everything we know as Christians, everything we believe as Christians, rests upon the certainty of God's word. And that's what gives comfort and consolation so that we know where we stand before God what he has done for us in Christ and what he offers to us and what is the source of our comfort and, sal and, and salvation. So let us speak those words in answer to the question, where is this written? The holy evangelist Matthew, Mark, Luke, and St. Paul write, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I have six points of meditation on this section of the Catechism, and I prepare these sheets for you so that you can take them home, and you can refer back to them, and on the basis of the theses or the points that are laid out here remember what we meditated upon in our Wednesday evening meditations on the Passion and on the Catechism. Number one, the Lord's Supper was instituted from the Old Testament Passover. It is, therefore, a continuation and fulfillment of the Old Testament Passover in the New Testament, in Jesus' blood. In other words, the Old Testament Passover, the lamb that was shed for the redemption, whose blood was shed for the redemption of the children of Israel from bondage, 
finds its fulfillment in the death of Jesus, the New Testament in his blood. Notice how central death is to the Old Testament Passover and the New Testament in Jesus' blood. This is what scandalized the disciples in the Passion. When Jesus said, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. See, they believed him to be the Son of God. Peter had confessed earlier on in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. So to see the one whom they believed to be God's only son then be arrested and butchered on the altar of the cross, this was a scandal. In fact, the word stumble in the English comes from the Greek word from which we get the word scandal. This is the scandal of the Christian faith. It's what separates the Christian religion from all other religions. God became man and died so that we who are sinners might live. That's a scandal. What do you and I believe in? We believe in the death of God's Son for our salvation. And because his death took away sin, you heard Jesus predict that he would rise from the dead and he would go before them into Galilee. Tonight's very passion reading predicts not only his death, but the result of that death, which is resurrection. Just like the children of Israel, that Passover blood was shed. They were redeemed from slavery to new life in the promised land. Number two, the Passover brought about the redemption of Israel from slavery in Egypt through the blood of the Passover lamb. So it's important to understand a few things about that Passover in the Old Testament. The first Passover involved the shedding of the lamb's blood that was then smeared upon the doorposts and lintels of the homes of the faithful so that the angel of death passed over. The smearing of the blood on the doorposts and lintels only happened at the first Passover. Every subsequent Passover was the Passover meal. Only the first was the blood put on the doorposts and lintels. This corresponds with Christ Jesus, our Savior, was sacrificed once for all. The just one for the unjust to bring us to God, to bring us into communion and fellowship with God. Jesus is not sacrificed again and again and again and again and again. His atonement upon the cross is once for all, but the benefits are eternal. And the benefits pour forth for you and for me and all of the baptized faithful who in our baptism had the blood of the lamb put upon our doorposts and lintel protecting us from the angel of death those benefits of forgiveness, life, and salvation continue to be outpoured for us in the Lord's Supper. So the Passover lamb was, after that first Passover, slaughtered, blood on the doorposts and lintel, and then roasted and eaten, indicating that the congregation, in this eating, was receiving the redemption that the Lord accomplished for them in the blood of the Passover. That leads directly, then, to number three. And if you don't remember anything else about tonight, I want you to remember this. The two fundamental actions of the Passover are, therefore, one, the slaughter of the lamb, and two, the eating of the lamb. Notice how that points forward to the slaughter of the Lamb of God in Jesus' crucifixion and the reception of the benefits of that redeeming sacrifice in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The slaughter of the Lamb and the eating of the Lamb fulfilled in the death of Christ and the Lord's Supper. So these two actions find their fulfillment in Jesus. His death upon the cross and his supper for the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, as the Catechism says, and we'll speak about this at greater length next week. Number four. In biblical time, 
the Lord's Supper was instituted on the same day that Jesus died upon the cross. You could say, how can that be? Because in biblical time, going all the way back to the week of creation, there was evening and morning the first day. Evening and morning the second day. The Passover was celebrated in the evening of Thursday night, which is really the beginning of Friday day. Jesus is crucified on Friday day and dies just before sundown. And the significance of this time theologically is that the atonement of Christ, the Passover lamb upon the cross, and the Lord's Supper come together as one inseparable event. Just as our baptism is joined inseparably to the death and resurrection of Jesus. When we say baptism now saves you, baptism saves because the content of baptism is Jesus, his death and resurrection. So also with the Lord's Supper, it is inseparably joined to the atonement of Christ upon the cross. As the words of Jesus say, this is my body which is given for you. This is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Number five. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament Passover was celebrated only once a year. But in the New Testament, the Lord's Supper is celebrated every Lord's Day, every festival, and at other times, the Christians have needed it. Some might see this as an inconsistency, an incongruity. If the Passover was only celebrated once a year with the eating of the unleavened bread, with the bitter herbs, then we should only have the Lord's Supper once a year. No, the Old Testament was provisional. In the celebration weekly of the Lord's Supper and on festivals, we see the superabundant nature of God's grace, which is so rich as we are offered the gift of salvation and are seated at the table of the Lord, not simply once in a while, but it becomes, as Luther said in the large catechism, the daily food and sustenance of a Christian. Because the daily food is no one less than the Son of God in human flesh himself, which leads to number six. The word of Christ declares what the sacrament is, his true body and blood. It is not a symbol or a representation but rather a sacramental union of the body and blood of Christ with the bread and wine of the supper. The same body and blood born of the Virgin Mary, laid in the manger, that was offered up in atonement for the sin of the world upon the cross, is distributed in the Lord's Supper by the power of God's word. This miracle of the Lord's Supper that it is his true body, and that it is his true blood, and that it feeds the entire company of the baptized all over the globe in every continent on the face of the earth is a greater miracle than those miracles of healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, and even raising the dead in the ministry of Jesus. For this miracle imparts to us the eternal blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation. It is called in the words of institution, the New Testament in his blood. One can think of the Lord's Supper and the words of Jesus as his own last will and testament. And that promise in the testament is inaugurated by the death of Christ, the death of the testator. And the inheritance is the inheritance of eternal life and salvation through the forgiveness of our sins. Today's Passion reading 
began with the preparations for Passover. As we said at the outset, Jesus' words indicate that everything would unfold according to the scriptures, according to God's predetermined plan, according to his word. The Passover is the redemption from slavery through blood. The real slavery is the bondage to sin from which none of us could free ourselves. We see this bondage in Judas. He rejected his Lord. He would not accept the gift of God's love in Jesus. Jesus said of him, it would have been better if this man had not been born. But Jesus said this not because the sin of Judas' betrayal could not be forgiven, but rather because Judas, in hardness of heart, in penitence and unbelief, rejected this forgiveness. To put it another way, Judas rejected the cross, the passion, the suffering, the death as the fountain and source of life. The announcement that one of them would betray Jesus brought sorrow and anguish of heart upon all of the disciples. One of their own who ate with Jesus would betray him. Lord, is it I, they asked. In truth, the bondage to sin infected all of them, all, just as it infects us. What did Jesus say? All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But wonder of wonders, in love for us, still he laid down his life for the sheep, using even the actions of his enemies against him to accomplish his greatest good. If we had been there with the disciples, we have, would have done the same thing. What does the catechism remind us of? We cannot by our own reason or strength believe. The disciples would run from Jesus' suffering in fear for their own lives. They would stumble over the cross, being scandalized over the death of their Savior. And this was the scandal. He must die. How could he die? How could he be crucified? Because he was the true Passover lamb. The betrayal of Judas, the boasting of the disciples about their own spiritual strength, and their running away in doubt and fear shows us just how much we need Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, your sin and mine. And so the hymn writer says, what punishment so strange is suffered yonder? The shepherd dies for sheep that love to wander. The master pays the debt his servants owe him who would not know him. Today, every Lord's Day, every festival of Christ in the church, he calls you by the gospel with these simple yet powerful words of love. This is my body given for you your sinful flesh. This is my blood shed for you, your sinful blood. These are the words of purest gospel, for they call us to believe Jesus Christ is my Lord, who has redeemed me with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. Why? That I may be his own, freed from the taskmaster of the devil and the judgment of the law and eternal condemnation, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom in a covering that is far greater than the blood of the Passover lamb of the Old Testament. It is the blood of Christ's everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. In our prayers this evening, we especially remember Jim Weber, who is in hospice care and is declining in health rapidly. Let us pray. Most merciful God and Father, surely your Son took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Attend your servant Jim, whom you called by name in the waters of holy baptism. Surround him with your holy angels. At your appointed time, deliver him from this veil of tears to the eternal joys of paradise. Keep him safe from every assault of the evil one upon his faith. Comfort, strengthen, and guard surely and the members of his family that they too may wait in vigil for the appointed time in which Jim will be delivered from this veil of tears. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, you invite all who are burdened with sin to come to you for rest. We now come at your invitation to the heavenly feast which you have provided for your children on earth. Preserve us from impenitence and unbelief. Cleanse us from our unrighteousness and clothe us with the righteousness purchased with your blood. Strengthen our faith, increase our love and hope, and assure us a place at your heavenly table where we will eat eternal manna and drink of the river of your pleasure forever and ever. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us and all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he is now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to new life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed. By his death, he has redeemed us from bondage to sin and death, and by his resurrection, he has delivered us into new life in him. Grant us to keep the feast in sincerity and truth, faithfully eating his body given into death and drinking his life's blood poured out for our salvation until we pass through death to the promised land of life eternal. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. <laughs>